previously on The Sojo Files. Long time, no new podcast. Things have been absolutely crazy behind the scenes around here, but now it's time to get all caught up. On February 15th, 2023, after an entire year of being on the run, Eva May Millard was apprehended by the U.S. Marshals Service in California. She was then taken to the San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office, where she was booked in at 6.01 p.m. on February 15th. Eva then had an extradition hearing in California where she waived extradition, meaning that she just agreed to be extradited back to Arkansas. And she officially arrived back in Arkansas March 2, 2023. The fight for justice is only just beginning in this case fight to have the right person prosecuted for the murder of Olivia Soto, there is a lot of work left to do in this case, besties. We're back. On this episode, you will be hearing from me, Sojo, defense attorneys Chad Atwell and Laura Carwile, and ex-police officer and homicide detective, now private investigator, Billy Turnbow. So, Laura, take it away. Let's get into this milk bottle that was not collected as evidence. There is a bottle essentially full of milk, a baby bottle full of milk, on the dresser in the bedroom where Olivia was found and where Jordan and Eva sleep so the master bedroom and the bottle is almost full to the top. It's closed and it is sitting perched on the dresser in plain view where the officers can see it. Basically two different Van Buren officers took photographs that showed where the bottle was. Wesley Marsh took a photograph. The bottle is in the forefront of the photograph. He clearly took the photo to show where the bottle was. And in fact, in the photograph Wesley Marsh took, Olivia can be seen on the ground in the bottom right-hand corner. So this is taken contemporaneous to when her body is in the room. And the officer who took the photo clearly considered it important enough to take a photograph of just that bottle. At another time, Sergeant Perry takes two photographs, both which contain the bottle's location. It hasn't been moved, apparently. It hasn't been touched, apparently. And he takes two photos of the dresser from two different angles, showing where the milk bottle was on the scene. And just for the listeners who can't visually see this, the milk bottle is within two or three feet from the pack and play where Olivia Soto allegedly fell in or out of, according to her mother, Eva Millard. Yeah, it's the dresser that this bottle is found on is the closest surface to the pack and play. It looks like where someone who was trying to feed Olivia would have put it. There's not a closer place other than the floor where someone could put a bottle for her. And if the listeners remember, in one of the many, many versions of Eva Millard's story, she said that she got up in the middle of the night and got Olivia a bottle of milk. It went to sleep. So we went to sleep. And then she started making noise, and I got up. And I picked her up, and I put her in bed with me. 
Now that gets ditched as she molds her story, which she did and continued to do depending on who she was talking to because she is a chameleon and a manipulator. And yet here we actually see a bottle with milk in it, which then corroborates this portion of one of the many, 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 many versions of events that Eva Miller told for what occurred in those early morning hours leading up to the murder of Olivia Soto. And the evidence and proof of the bottle's existence might be the only truth in all of the lies that she told, and yet it is completely disregarded. It's really important to know both from a perspective of evidence collection on November 8th, as well as it will become extremely relevant later on. This bottle is full. You know, I fed children bottles before Chad has too. Perhaps a small part of this bottle has been drank. I would guess that over four fifths of the bottle is full of milk. So it looks like a prepared bottle that wasn't fed to a baby, at least the vast majority of the milk wasn't fed to anyone. Yeah, I, I would I would say that it's that's primarily true. I would say that it it's possible some was, but I don't think it matters for our purposes. I think what matters for our purposes is how clearly it's documented on the eighth and how little attention is paid to it in the long run. So we, we have a timeline of bottle photographs. I don't know if you remember, but we have a one oh four PM dresser photo. We have a give or take 1.40 p.m. dresser bottle photo. But then we have like a 3 o'clock bottle photo. But we have uh, the 1 o'clock photo of the bottle. There are no crime scene markers down. We have 104 on top of that dresser. And then we get to 140, 145. And I think, interestingly enough, we still don't have any down. And then in the latest in time one that was around three, then it becomes crime marker or evidence marker E37. So what, that's three hours on a scene, something like that? I get irrationally irked that that crime marker is nowhere near that bottle. Now, of course, they failed to collect the milk bottle, but evidence marker 37 is just placed there and we have absolutely no idea what it is in reference to. Is it the shoes on the dresser? Is it the straw on the dresser? Is it the milk bottle on the dresser? Is it the alleged blood on the dresser that turned out to not be blood on the dresser? What is evidence marker 37 in reference to? We have absolutely no idea based on this crime scene photo, which irks me. That is an issue for me. Yeah, I think it's clear it's not in reference to the bottle. The marker itself is on the other side of the dresser from the bottle. There's plenty of space near the bottle to put an evidence marker. If that's what the officer was trying to denote by this evidence marker, it's certainly not the bottle. By 3.30 in the afternoon... We've got E37 on top of a dresser, vaguely referencing things. But at 1, 1 p.m., some officer, whoever actually took the damn picture, is centering it up and taking a photograph of the bottle. So why did vantage point change, you know, from 1 p.m. to 3.30, I think would be, would be my biggest question. 
Yeah, I mean, why why at first does some officer take a picture head on of this bottle, clearly thinking there's some relevance, and then by three, to Chad's point, it's on the periphery of photographs, if at all. You know, when I first see the photograph, I I see the bottle, and I and my thought is, okay, what is what is the detective trying to tell me here? In this picture, what is he looking at right then and there that he feels is important that I need to see it? And I'm like, okay, so I, I see the bottle. I see how full it is with some milk. It's interesting to me. So I'm like, okay. And then I look at some some more photos. And it's like, okay, I'm 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 still following it here. We're we're focused on the bottle, but I'm trying to figure out why are we focused on this bottle until I get to the photograph that has 37. And when I look at it, I'm like, it's okay. So if it's for the shoes, then scoot it a little close to the shoes and or document that in writing on your photo log that picture E37 is in reference to the shoes on top of the dresser. So I look for a photo log to assist me on what it is he's trying to tell me with this because there are so many different things in the photograph when you look at it is what what is it in reference to? And so you've got to be clear on exactly what it is you're trying to explain. So on your photo log, you would write for picture 37 what it is you're trying to get the jury to see and understand. Because when this goes on a big screen in a courtroom, you can say this is item number 37 for evidence. Item number 37 on the Van Vuren Police Department's evidence chain of custody log, it tells me that what I am looking at is an Arkansas Razorback body pillow, not a pillow anywhere there. So I, I don't quite honestly understand what the detective is trying to tell me here. If it's of evidentiary value, then obviously you're going to seize it. And you're going to photograph it and you're going to give it an E number. And that E number should match up with your E number when you turn it in for for evidence. I'll remind you what these detectives supposedly know on November 8th, which is they don't have information yet about the cause of death. They see some injuries, but what they know at this point is there's conflicting stories by the child's mother. They have a dead two-year-old and they have no additional information. Why in the world wouldn't something that that child may have ingested not be one of the first things that you take from the scene of the de- in the death of a child to see if something there perhaps was the cause of her death? Now, obviously, it comes out later that the cause of her death is not related to anything she ingested, but they don't know that, right? They have no way of knowing that. And in fact, there may be other evidence, not just that was the cause of death, but what was in her system, all sorts of things. Who touched the bottle, right? What fingerprints are on it? All sorts of things could be relevant to this investigation in that bottle or on that bottle. And the fact that these officers are on scene supposedly investigating the death of this child and they don't take something she could have ingested is absolutely outrageous. Even looking at the pictures, when you look to the side of the bottle there, there's there's a white substance that you see right there on top of, of the dresser. What is it? Is it a value or is it not? You don't know the cause of the death of the child yet. 
and you won't know that until the M- ME, you know, does his examination to let you know. So when I see that bottle, I want to know what the detective was thinking at the time that it was urgently enough to photograph, yet not urgently enough to to collect. And so those are things that you don't know. And because you don't know that, the only way you can preserve your evidence at that point is to do just that. You know, let's go ahead and see. I would rather seize it and hold it and test it, especially not knowing the exact cause of death yet. Go ahead and seize it and hold it. And then if it turns out that it's not relevant, then what did you, what, what harm did you do? No idea, but they have a mom with conflicting stories. She's said in the pack and play, out of the pack and play. She's all over the map. So collect everything. Sort it out later. But, um, was that bottle, uh, was it hot? Was it coagulated? Or was it still cold? Did she... Was she up at a time period where she said she was asleep after 9.30 on the 8th? Um, and where would that bottle be, right? You can do later tests, and, and whether they get admitted is up to the judge, and whether they're given any weight is up to the jury, right? But tests have come in as expert tests. You could do a bottle test. Later on, you could go make milk with the formula you, you find in the house or the milk that's in the fridge. You get the same thing. Pour a bottle of it, get the same bottle as a control, set it out, see when it looks like this, if it ever does, and then try and figure out why not. But do we know if the bottle was hot or cold at one or three thirty? No, and, and that's just it. It, it is, you know, it, it goes back to something I've stated before, and you'll probably hear me state it again. You get a crime scene in its original state one time, and therefore. That is your opportunity. That's why you write a search warrant. That's why you go through there. And that's why you decide, make your decisions then. Should I or should I not? And then if it's not going to hurt anything, what's the point? What happens? The bottle would get released back. It may not ever even come into trial. But what what did you hurt? Because what do you do as, uh, just as an example, you get... A death investigation where it's involving a child that uh, could have died from a drug overdose. But at the time of the investigation, you don't know if that's what happened or not because you're still waiting on your autopsy results. But you could very well have your method of injury or death right there in front of you. And so you can't wait two, three days or whatever, and go back out there and get it. Get it after the fact. Well, the the other thing to Billy's point is like, why, what's the rush here? Why are they rushing around, you know, deciding what happened and moving on? I mean, to Billy's point, you only get a crime scene like this one time in its original form. Why aren't you spending hours collecting every possible potential piece of evidence? You have no idea what's relevant at this point. You have no information other than what the few statements you've collected by that point, if any, what is the rush? There shouldn't be a rush. Time should be on your side. The the child's deceased. We know that child is deceased. Nothing's going to change that. You've got two people who are there. You know, we got stories to be taken. You, you've got to take your time and work this and you got to do your best because once you pull down the yellow tape, and it's all done, and you leave, and then you try to go back, 
your, your, your scene is no longer in its original condition. And so you've got to work with the circumstances that you have at the scene, but time is on your side. That's why you secure it. That's why you get a search warrant. And that's why you get in there and, and you figure it out. Is it fair to say, Billy, that the amount of time that you would spend at a crime scene would just depend on the scene, right? Because it might be a football field and a, and a plane crash, or it might be a house on Granite Circle. Is that fair? It's, that's a very fair statement. In your experience as law enforcement, did you ever get a search warrant for a house or any other large area which had an end time on it? I've had some in which the judge would say, you know, you, the, the warrant would say you've got to execute this within a 24-hour time period, and we're going to give you, you know, a certain time limit that we feel. But it's also common knowledge, and it's 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 people who work these types of crimes understand when you get under a time crunch like that, it's just as easy to go back to the judge. <laughs> right. And if you have to write a second search warrant to coincide with your first, then that's what you do. But you can easily go back and articulate, these are the circumstances, Your Honor, and we can't complete what we're trying to do within this time frame. It's just not reasonable. Would you want us to write a second search warrant? Or can we extend this or do what we need to do? But I'm telling you, there's just not enough time for us to accomplish what it is we're trying to do. Would you deem this an appropriate amount of time to fully investigate the crime scene at a homicide? I mean, we know the times are inaccurate, but they claim to have gotten there at 1220 and they claim to have left at 317. Would you consider that an appropriate amount of time to do all of the things necessary and required at a crime scene? No. Laura, are there, no. have you had any judges in California uh, in your time as a prosecutor otherwise that would have shut down a murder investigation because there was evidence in a large area. I, I don't even understand. <laughs> I, I don't either. <laughs> I, I've never had one be as restrictive as what Billy said, other than you can't serve it initially at night without special exceptions. But the warrants that I have seen in the last few years don't have an end on them. There's so many things in the bottle picture alone. To, to Laura and Billy's point, why is anyone going anywhere? I will never understand that in the master bedroom where E37 may be shoes, may be a dresser, may be the very clear cut straw on top of the dresser next to the bottle with probably some sort of controlled substance on the dresser. By the way, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Jordan Shreve is a drug addict. And they're going to try and convict him with that, right? We have never ran from that. And think about the fact that maybe at this point, when they take the photos of the bottle, they've been told by Eva, perhaps at least once, that she had something to do with bringing that bottle into the room. And then the officers, who are the only people who can collect that evidence, don't collect it. And then someone else is accused of killing Olivia Soto. And no one can prove anything about what Eva did with the bottle. I mean... To Chad's point, it really makes you wonder, why didn't they take this bottle into evidence? Do they know something about what it's going to show if they actually do bring it into evidence? Is there some concern on their part that it might actually point towards the actual killer rather than the person they've decided is the killer probably by this point? I mean, it would have been really nice if Chad and Chris and I could have had the contents of that bottle tested, but... We weren't the ones who would be able to do that. We weren't the ones who would be able to collect this 
Only the police officers on scene could do that. And we were robbed of that opportunity to show a piece of evidence that the person who last saw Olivia Soto alive had in her possession. I mean, it's ridiculous. It does make you wonder, to Chad's point, why some of this wasn't done. And there's no search warrant that's going to limit the amount of time you spend on a scene continuously. So if they had gotten a search warrant that morning and they had gone to the scene and they had spent 12 hours at that scene, there's not a judge in America who would have thrown that search warrant out. That is a standard amount of time that officers spend on the scene for a homicide investigation. When the scene is prescribed, it's a house. They're not, you know, looking in a bunch of other houses. They're at the scene. They have as much time as they need. They have as much room in the evidence collection room as they need. They have plenty of hands to do it from the officers, from the CSI, from everyone there. I mean, what is the rush? Is it perhaps that by the time they take the last photographs at three, they've decided Jordan Shreve is their man. They don't need any more evidence. They don't want any more evidence because it might contradict what they've decided and they just leave. I mean... I want your listeners to really consider that being the possibility of what happened here. And look, I'll add to that. The listeners need to consider the possibility that that was decided long before 3.30 or 10 after 4, which is when the hell they actually left or 4.08. Maybe that was already decided. There's so many things. You know, when I when I looked at the bottle, I kept staring at it, looking at it, blowing the picture up, turning it upside down sideways doing everything i could to figure out because there's something telling me that there's something about this bottle we added filters to it we've done everything else and then i'm sitting there looking at it and then i see it i'm like that is that when you when you filter that and look at it it's to me it's it's a fingerprint it's a fingerprint on the bottle okay and it looks like the fingerprint is put there perhaps you know there's a white powdery substance there Anybody could have put their finger in that substance and then touched the bottle, and obviously it's going to transfer over, and you're going to see it. So I'm looking at that, and I'm thinking, that's a print. This <laughs> is right here in front of us, and that's what we're looking at. That is key evidence. We need that bottle. And I, I, I remember telling Chad, where's that bottle? We need that bottle. Where's it at? We need, we got, did it go to the crime lab? Did it get tested? They figured, what did we do with it? So as an investigator who has worked homicide investigations and now continues to do so as a private investigator, you believe that the milk bottle was a crucial or potentially crucial piece of evidence that absolutely under no circumstances should have gone uncollected on November 8th, 2018 by Van Buren Police Department. I would have seized that thing right away. If I'm going to take a picture of it as many times as they took pictures of it and then throw an E marker number up there, uh, it's coming with me. You know, what if what what if the toxicology on something could have come back and it was rat poison? You know, right. How did it how did it get inside that child? That's just an example. But it, it goes to show the importance of how important evidence is and you've got to to work on that and i was able to determine what i believe is a i'll never know because i don't know where the bottle is if you filter it and pull it up and look at it you can see it and when you see it it's like oh my gosh and so if if, if i can do that with a picture they should have been able to do that in person I agree. It, it should have been seized i mean also what about how cold is this bottle how long has it been out 
these are important points to the investigation in addition to what's in the bottle. Like, there is so much evidence that could have been gleaned from that bottle. For people who want to figure out what happened here, this seems like evidence number one to take. They've taken a photograph of it. They've seen it. If people are really in the search for truth, for what happened, for what the sequence of events was here, even if it's just to see was that milk, what was in her stomach when she died, whatever it is, if you're in a search for truth, you take that bottle, you put it in evidence correctly and you get it tested. I mean, this is not a search for truth, what's going on here. Yeah, it it, it gets into the whole tunnel vision of he did it, now I'm going to make my narrative fit that. Right, you need to take anything that could be of evidentiary value, if only so that a defense attorney like myself and Chad and Chris don't come to you during trial and cross-examine you and say, couldn't it, isn't it true this could have pointed somewhere else, da-da-da-da-da, right? You do it even if you just want to cover your butt. But there is a reason these people didn't take this evidence. This is one of the 13 pieces they should have taken first. They have a photograph of it. It's not hidden I mean, this is one of this is not necessarily just to cover the whole ground piece of evidence. This is a critical piece of evidence that bottle could have had evidence in it that pointed to the killer of Olivia Soto. It was not collected. It was not tested. Therefore, not collecting that bottle could have let a killer go free. Think about that. And why wasn't it collected to Billy's point, to Chad's point, to my point? There has to be a reason not beyond sloppiness. They saw it. They chose not to collect it. Well, maybe it was a missed opportunity or or maybe it was intentional. Laura, quick. You've seen all the photos. You tried the case. Top three items. I think bottle may be number one for you of evidentiary value, whether they were collected or not, from Granite Circle on November the 8th. Name them. Uh, The bottle is one. The Dr. Pepper can is two. And the pack and play itself, also not collected, would have been important to me. The top three things for Laura Carwile from Granite Circle on November the 8th, 2018 for the search for truth. None of them were collected on the 8th? No, they were not. And Chad, I'll, I'll add to that, that officers knew about the connection of those three pieces of evidence I just said on November 8th. Those weren't items that the value of which was later discovered. Those three items I just listed had value that was extremely clear to Van Buren officers on scene on November 8th. Our top three are the same. My 3A would be any documentation of the garage. Billy, how about you? Well, for me, uh, bottle absolutely the bottle but at the end of the day it saddens me because this uh shoddy police work is just point blank gross negligence and it bothers me because um if that had been my child that died and this had been what was given to me um oh my gosh that's just i I can't imagine you know and and the best way to think of it is how would this crime scene have been handled if that child had belonged to one of them officers? Whew, y'all. This concludes evidence that was collected and not on November 8th, 2018. So this chapter comes to a close and we are moving on to the next one. We will see you guys on the next episode. <laughs>